0: Last week, I decided to take a much-needed break from social media. There's just too much going on in the world that pulls my focus away from the areas of my life that really warrant and frankly need that focus, specifically my family and my art. In my final Instagram post before the break, I wrote that I wasn't who I wanted to be lately, followed by a list of distractions that to a lesser or greater extent contribute to that. After seeing the post, John reached out and asked if I'd like to talk about it. I'm Jeffrey Sidoris. I'm talking to John Wilkening, and this is In Between. It's nice to have a project that has potential, but it's also nice to just go, I need to step away from this. Yeah, no, I...
1: I, I think that, you know, from their text messages sort of about that, I think that is super necessary, particularly after the 2020 that we're having. Right. I had Uh, to,
0: I mean, I, I got to, you know, like the, the, the the last Instagram message that I posted was just, I mean, that's where I was at. I'm just, I'm not who I want to be. I'm 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 shifting to someone I don't want to be not globally but certainly you know some of the behavior lately and some of the things I'm thinking about and and I I just I wanted to stop all of it and take a break from all of it for a while and and see what if anything that does to reset my sort of Emotional or existential clock, you know mhm
1: uh it's been interesting i've been it's of recent I've discovered this notion of um dopamine addiction hmm. and that that has sort of been one of those things I've been really thinking about in my own personal life, but basically how the idea of being is that. Most of social media, in particular, is driven on its sort of addictive behavior, is how it interacts with the dopamine system mm-hmm. in our brains. Where we human beings get a little hit of dopamine, which is highly addictive, right? Every time you see something new, interact with somebody. Likes, hearts, right. comment. get a like, like, get a hit, get a like, <laughs> no, get another it, hit, a hundred percent, right. But then, and and he was talking about how this guy was talking about how he realized how much it was affecting him because he would be, you know, in line to the post office, or even driving his car, and and like at a red light, and he unconsciously picked up the phone and just fired up Twitter or fired up Instagram
0: Hmm. just to get that little blast.
1: It was such embedded in his behavior that he, that action didn't even hit the almost conscious level of I'm going to open up Twitter right now and see what's going on. Right. He was scrolling before he'd even considered what he was doing. Hmm. Hmm. And. And his, the idea was, or his thought process on it was that you create a system that's so dependent on a certain stimulus that now you can't, there's no space for anything else. Right.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I I know a ton of people who, for whom that is true, you know, just put it down. Well, I got to see what's going on. I, I got it. That's that's where I get the news. Well, y- yes, okay, but do you have to do those things dozens of times a day? Yeah, I yeah. did, and and that's that's what kind of led to this this whole sort of you know stepping away. I mean, I can honestly, and this this sounds so pathetic, John, but it it, <laughs> it sounds like such you know first world entitled <laughs> bullshit, and mm-hmm. I know that, but yesterday Saturday was the first 24-hour period that I have not checked any social media in as long as I can remember and that's horrible that's absolutely ridiculous to be able to to sort of have to <laughs> have to sort of wear that and own that as some sort of achievement you know like look at me I didn't check Twitter for an <laughs> entire day and I'm still <laughs> here to tell the story
1: but let let to put it in my so I watched this guy talk about it and I was like you know what I deleted the Twitter app and Instagram app off my phone that right. was very good for a couple of days I would check Twitter like once or twice on my computer you know that sort of stuff and then I was like you know what I'm I have this under control Loaded it up Twitter again load up Instagram again and and a week later I'm literally back to the same thing right and right. I literally I'm at the point where I have to delete them again and basically just dumb it
0: down cuz yeah. it's I'm just going to have one drink. What's one drink going to do? And like
1: I'm torn because I like Twitter and Instagram have brought me a lot of things that I wouldn't have experienced otherwise. Agreed? But if my goal is to get the work done, fill in the blank, whatever that work is, it's like trying to run a marathon carrying an extra forty pounds. Right, right.
0: Well, and and there there are actual sort of uh, you know <laughs> neural failures, if you will, that that happen as a result of it. I mean, they they say they whoever they are them uh, that. You know, you need a couple hours of consistent sort of uninterrupted concentration to get into, you know, any sort of flow state to really kind of be in it and making and and not be distracted. And th- the more distracted you are, the more time it takes to get into that state. Well, how many of us can say that we spent two hours uninterrupted on anything in recent memory? Yeah. I can't. You know, until until yesterday, you know, I'm working on a new series of paintings and just to be able to put on Spotify and have the music sort of fill the studio, you know, the phone is is on its own little stand in the corner and I'm at the table just working and not having to do an Instagram live of it or not feel the need to, or not feel the need to see what other people are doing. And and not that that's not important because it is, but again, it's not important 50 times a day. Yeah. And I accomplished a ton yesterday and Friday actually.
1: Have you read Cal Newport's book, deep work?
0: Yes. Uh, in fact, Cal teaches, um, at Georgetown. Oh, Nice. So I yeah I've been wanting to see if there's a possibility somehow of of maybe reaching out to him and seeing if we could maybe have a conversation for PD or one of these and in between or you know something because I'm I'm fascinated by his work.
1: I would I would, on a personal very personal level I'd love to hear that conversation mm-hmm. cuz I think that's very much the unnecessary work that needs to get magnified in sort of the modern era. Right. The beauty of sort of modern technology is that we can interact with anybody at any time and pretty much any means, video, audio, whatever. But it that is a double-edged sword from the standpoint of... Doing work,
0: yes. I mean, when look, when it does work, it works beautifully. Some of my favorite conversations and some of my most engaging recordings have been as a direct result of of connecting with someone on Instagram or Twitter that I would not have been able to connect with without those things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I commented on a a post the other day that was uh, it was a, a someone had posted a David Silvian album cover and it's a beautiful album cover designed by a guy called Chris Big, who's one of my favorite designers. And I commented on it and and said something something about, you know, I'd love to have a conversation with Chris Big and David Silvian and, and talk about their decades of brilliant collaboration. And I tagged Chris Big in the comment. And a couple of days later, I get this message from Chris saying, hey, sorry, I didn't see this uh, David's really shy, but I'd love to have a conversation with you. And I just, (laughs) my mind just went, holy, you know, this would not have, there's no way that this would have happened other than that. And, and then you, you kind of play it out, right? You go, okay. So if I have this conversation with Chris big, well, David's probably going to hear it because David and Chris big are friends. And (laughs) how wonderful is that? That, another person that I admire beyond Chris Bigg, David Sylvian, is going to hear some conversation that I've had with one of his collaborators. And then, you know, it, it just it the ripple effect of it is incredible. So so in in my mind, I've got Chris Big willing to have a conversation. David Carson willing to have a conversation. Chris Ashworth, I think, is willing to have a conversation. So this is the sort of trinity of graphic designers that have been inspiring me for 30 plus years. And to be able to have conversations with them, again, on the back of social media, that almost makes, (laughs) it almost makes Hmm. all of the potential negative side effects worthwhile because, and maybe not worthwhile, that's a bad choice of words, but... It's somewhat of a fair trade because of the positives in how, it, it if you use it the right way, the positives that can come out of it make it worth it, if that makes sense.
1: No, fully, I completely agree. We need to take our use of social media from the unconscious to the conscious. Mm. Because right now, me, very personally, I use it unconsciously. Mm-hmm. which has a direct negative connotation or negative impact on me doing work my emotional levels i have imaginary fights with all sorts of people (laughs) (laughs) do you win some (laughs) turns out they're pretty clever (laughs) even in my head they're pretty clever oh yeah but when i shift this tool from the unconscious to the conscious and use it as the tool allows, mm-hmm. I give myself the chance to reap the rewards, the vast rewards that social media has. And it's just like any, to, any tool you wouldn't ha- have a Corvette and go, it says I could do 160 where I'm going 160 everywhere. Right, 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 right. You know, there's, tools are meant to be used in the way that, that they could be beneficial. Any tool can be abused and, and rendered harmful. Mm -hmm. That discretion of using that tool makes that
0: tool more powerful. Right. And I think that is something, you know, again, speaking for our own personal behavior, that's something that has been kind of at the crux of of some of my struggles. This this is not meant to be a a bashing of social media at all because I think these platforms have you know as as we we've both said they've allowed for experiences and interactions that simply would not have been possible without them. Agreed. But they've also kept us from Experiences and interactions that would have been possible without them.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, agreed. When you're yes, yesterday when you're you started your twenty four hours, can you walk through just the your mental side of like how how different it was, or was there anything different? I, yeah, way?
0: actually, there was because I'm okay. the The, the news specifically has been. You know, it, it's yes, you you get numb to it, but you also find yourself in just a. At least me, I find myself in a constant state of anxiety that sometimes bleeds into rage about what's going on on both sides. I'm not just bashing one side or the other. Both sides are idiots at this point, and certainly some of the injustices that are that are happening with um, African American communities and how police are behaving and how it just it's too much all of it is too much and and my level of empathy only goes so far because I can't possibly imagine what it's like to be part of these communities I can't just by the nature of of where I was born and the color of my skin I can only empathize so much because I will never have the experience and the history and how that history affects the experience of day-to-day life of these people. I I just can't, you know, I remember going to, for example, the African American History Museum, which is a phenomenal museum, but I can only experience that as a middle-aged white man. I can't experience that as an African American, young or old, and all of those sort of cultural and and experiential things that come along with that. So my response is limited, and I feel like it's not enough. But I don't know what to do about it not being enough because I am where I am. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and I don't want to. This isn't me burying my head in the sand and just going. I don't want to know about any of this stuff. I don't want to know about the the bad news, or I don't want to know about the stock market, or I don't want to know about. This is just me absolutely sort of trying to reclaim some time so that I can be more creative, more present, have better conversations. It has nothing to do with me trying to dismiss what other people may or may not be going through. It has everything to do with just not spending so much time in front of a screen, of getting my hands in motion again and realizing yet again for the umpteenth time that that's my happy place. That when I'm down in the studio, I was down there, you know, Friday, I think it was Friday and the day just flew by before I knew it, it was five thirty, And, mm-hmm. you know, I've got a few paintings now on, on their way somewhere. They're not just blank canvases. They're not just, you know, ideas now, now they're in motion. Now they're on their way. And, and yesterday, you know, added more to them. They're on their way. F- they're further on their way. And, the realization that, that that is where a lot of my joy comes from that and having conversations which i've been fairly lax on lately because of all sorts of stuff because of you know what's happening with covid a bunch of people have have asked to postpone and like i said in the most recent iteration i get it i get that i am often right there with you of not being able to have the the type of conversations that i want to have right now but I still think those conversations need to be had. So if not now, when, and at some point I have to just go, look, this is going to be the way it is for months at least. And those conversations still want to happen. They still need to happen. So if I can give myself the space to do more of the work and to have more of the conversations, and I'm not saying anybody else has to do this. I don't, you know, if you want to spend 17 hours a day on your phone, I don't care. But for me, it wasn't working.
1: Yeah. I think it, a lot of it is sort of reclaiming control over your emotions, or at least mm-hmm. for me, where, like you, I I do better in motion when I have a purpose, mm-hmm. when I have something, a task to be completed, mm-hmm. or a problem to be solved. And... Unfortunately, particularly right now, there's so many problems that are unsolvable, particularly from my my seat in the world that I would just like I just would find myself being like getting emotionally amplified with no release. Mm hmm. Or no solution.
0: Right. Nowhere to channel that amplification. No. Right. And
1: in the end, it's like, what is the goal that I want to do? Or what is the thing I want to accomplish? hmm And how do I do more of that? And yeah, just trying to trying to find a conscious space to use it in a way that doesn't emotionally damage the rest of me right or the people around you yeah that too because because that's the other byproduct is like you know if i'm getting emotionally amplified over so for stuff on social media my interactions with my wife and kid are going to be affected right
0: right yeah if you're responding to the ones you love as if it were some sort of instagram comment or or twitter response it's Time to take a break. (laughs) Yeah,
1: no, it's it's just, you know, I don't need to be at 80, 80 emotionally 90% of the day. Right.
0: Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I'm I'm excited about the the break. I'm excited about, you know, I've decided to, to, when I, when I kind of went dark, I said, look, I'm going to, I'm going to do this for at least a week. So until next Friday or Saturday, depending on you know when this sort of officially air quotes began, I'm out, and I'm gonna you know I'm journaling every day to see how I feel, to see how I'm, um, where my sort of creativity's at, where my idea levels are at, where my my enthusiasm to make is at, because I I, I can't I can't claim. You can't claim to be an X and never do X. <laughs> yes. Whatever that is for you. You know, you, you can't claim to be a writer, but, but not write. You can't claim to be a photographer, but n- not take pictures. So at some point I, I had to get back in and do the work and I've got, you know, I've been lucky enough, blessed great you know whatever words we we want to assign to this i have the spaces in our house that i can dedicate to different sides of my creative explorations i have a space that i can dedicate as a as a digital space as a podcasting space i have a space that i can dedicate to painting and making and not be carving out a corner of the laundry room anymore and mm-hmm. to, to not use those spaces, to not utilize those spaces to the best of my ability is at best disrespectful to the space, at worst, disrespectful to my own ability to use those spaces. Mm-hmm. Or maybe that's me just sort of waxing poetic, no. you know, I don't know.
1: No, I think there's something very profound about that notion. Of honoring the gifts that you're given, Mm -hmm. whatever that may be. Yeah. And, you know, there's. Are you familiar with a guy by the name of David Goggins?
0: The name might ring a bell, but I don't know why.
1: (laughs) So, David Goggins is a. His life story is utterly insane, but long story short, he became a Navy SEAL and ended up just once he got out. He decided to raise money for a fallen soldier program by running all these insane ultra marathons. Mm.
0: Those are and, like the the fifty mile, hundred mile, something. Yeah, he ran yeah. a two
1: hundred and fifty mile one. Oh my gosh! Wow. But like he was running hundred miles. One weekend and then next weekend running 200 miles. Just wow, utterly insane. Wow, just he, he's one of those guys that you go down a rabbit hole and you're like, he always talks about like he has this idea that most people live at 40% of their capability because we let things there's a voice in your head that tells you what you can and can't do, right. And it's trying to keep you safe. But the whole reason I brought this up is he had this notion that he believes in God. And he's like, I want to get to the gates. And instead of God showing me what I was going to achieve in my life and me hitting all those checkpoints, all those things, he's like, I want to get to those gates. And God be like, I didn't think you had it in you to do that, but you did Hmm. You know, where he, he wants to achieve more than what the skills and ability he's given. Right. That resonates with me on a, on an interesting level. Yeah. You know, cause it's easy to look at your life, especially in hindsight and go, man, I could have done more with that opportunity. Right. You know, my life's littered with those. Uh, yes. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, what time is it now? <laughs> you know, it probably just happened today. Uh, oh, hundred percent. It's yeah. already happened today. I mean, I, I used to and maybe I still do on some level. I haven't I haven't thought about this part of it in a while, but I for for many years I was of the opinion that I have a set of, of skills and abilities that I have an obligation to use. And that if I don't the work created by those skills and abilities needs to come out and if it doesn't come through me then those skills and abilities will somehow leave me and go to someone else who will mm-hmm. in fact use them to make that work or make mm-hmm. some some uh some variation on that work it may mean, it's obviously it's not going to be the same work i would produce but in the same way uh, almost the same way a muscle atrophies with sort of disuse if if i don't use these things they will be taken away from me mm. yeah either immediately or over time so that i will be forced to watch them fade away and experience that pain rather than just they're gone in a moment does that make sense yeah yeah no it does um oh, it reminds me a
1: lot of um Elizabeth Gilbert's uh, famous Ted talk, Mm -hmm. she talked about this poet who, when the poet described writing, she said she would hear the poem coming Mm. down the hill like a mighty wind. Right, 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 right. And it was her job to drop everything and run and record it or else that poem would go find someone else that would honor
0: it. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, very similar. Very similar. And I don't want that to happen, obviously. I don't want to not be able to make or be creative. But on the other side of that, it's also it also comes up against the fear of, um, and I think all of us experience this on some level, the fear that what we make will not be good. And there's that word again, good, <laughs> you know, that you and I have talked about I don't even know how many times it's one of the things as a, as a person trying to make or live a creative life, whatever that means, we keep coming back to that arbitrary notion of good and that if it's not good, it's not important, which we know in our heart of hearts is complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. There are lots of things that we wouldn't call good that are popular, that are uh, <laughs> you know, uh, ubiquitous with one thing or another, they've become the sort of iconic representation of that thing, but we would look at them and go, well, that's not very good. So again, yeah. it, it, I think we get, we get sort of, uh, hogtied by that, that notion of good and having to achieve and and produce something that's good so that we don't. And I, I know I'm guilty of that. So I don't make, because all I want to make is something that's good, right? We don't want to make crap.
1: But it's also funny. I'm oh, sorry to no, go ahead. Go ahead. Good and important are such relative terms. 100%. Because I've made things that I thought were terrible that I look back months later and been like, wow, that was really good. Yeah. And I've made stuff that I thought was amazing that I look back in the same amount of time and said, that was garbage. Yeah. And we, you know, like my life has so many things that I thought was not important that in hindsight, you're like, wow. Yeah. That, yeah. that little thing is the snowball that started the avalanche here.
0: Yeah. It's, and it's, it's relative importance. Oh yeah. I, I look at some of the, some of the work that I created, I was looking through some older work. Don't ever do that. <laughs> <laughs> I've already done that, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and I was looking at some of the work that I had done uh, at a particular time in my life that was really well received. It was some of the stuff that I had done at Universal, and you know millions of eyes were on this work. Literally millions of eyes, and I thought that was the mark because you know I had designed X, Y, and Z, and millions of people were seeing it. So that meant it was good. Well that's not what it meant. It meant that they were going to this particular URL to find some information and my work happened to be there. They weren't (laughs) searching me out and going, well, type in great graphic design and up I come. God, there, there's certainly so many better solutions for, for measuring our work. If we can just get out of our way to do it. And that's what I've been struggling with is getting out of my own way to do it. And, you know, you and I have talked about Liz Gilbert and, Brené Brown and Cal Newport and all of these people who at their core Stephen King of course who at their core say the some of the same things and that is you have to get through the shit to get to the good. You have to produce the stuff that you're not happy with that doesn't quite get where it wants to go in order to get through that and get to the work that does feel like it is where it wants to go that does feel like it's compelling that does resonate with you and if you're lucky an audience. But man yeah getting out of my own way with all of the noise that is so easy to glom onto in, in social media. And you texted me yesterday. I'm going to, I don't want to butcher it, but I'm going to bring this up because it was, it was so good. We were, we were kind of going back and forth and, and John said, it's so easy with modern life to get distracted from just doing the work. Everything feels important, but rarely is. And I think that man, that nailed it for me. Everything feels so important at the time. And then when you step back and you go, well, that message wasn't really that important or that, that photo wasn't, whatever it is. And so I'm trying to allow myself to figure that back out. And that means painting more. That means recording everything. That means reaching back out to people and going, hey, I know you're in a tough spot, but is there value in recording where you're at in that tough spot? Is there value in sharing where you're at with other people? Does that maybe help you get through it? Does that maybe help an audience that's listening get through it? There's got to be something that we can do to connect and exchange and experience uh, one another's energy. And that's kind of where I'm at with all of it right now. If I mean, I, maybe I'm just rambling at this point.
1: No, I, th- I think you're... I think you're expressing a feeling that you've as someone who's watched your creative journey and been a part of your creative journey for the last fill in the blank number of years, how right. do you even know at this point right, but this is something that you've wrestled with for a long time mm-hmm. and it was funny when you said when you sent me that message, you're like i'm gonna take a break and just focus on producing work. There was almost like a yes like, <laughs> awesome <laughs> you like finally <laughs> and it's not even a from like a judgmental like i told you so kind of way but like from uh from like uh probably this probably is not gonna sound harsher than i mean to but like a creative rock bottom mm-hmm. where like if you like i said not that i don't want to equate it to alcoholism or anything but like or drug addiction but like Changes occur in your life, and they have for me very personally, when I've looked at the situation and go, this is not acceptable, Mm -hmm. and I need to be very specific and very disciplined in order to get this change in my life to happen, Mm -hmm. and it sort of kicks back the... Another Navy SEAL, but Jocko Willink has a quote that says, discipline equals freedom. Mm. And it's this notion that your freedom comes from not just, freedom doesn't come from uninhibited behavior, but it comes from this disciplined, disciplined sort of actions consistently over time creates the freedom to allow you to do other things. You know, my weight has struggled all through. basically, ever since I stopped playing rugby, right? If I'm disciplined with my eating through most of life, then I could go mess up some pizza every once in a while, right? <laughs> right. You right, know, right, like right. A, from a from a very real standpoint.
0: Yeah, it's it's a it's there. There has to be some sort of almost pattern recognition and recognizing when a new set of patterns needs to be implemented to affect a new set of behavioral responses Mm -hmm. yeah well and you know you you've experienced the other side of that you've experienced that going kind of full circle you've experienced the dopamine hit that comes from the other side of that behavior the positive dopamine hit rather than, you know, again, air quotes, the negative dopamine hit. You've experienced that. Yeah. And it's sometimes, you know, they're they're tricky. They're tricky mm-hmm. to to distinguish one from the other. And sometimes you get them backwards. But because you're still getting that hit, you're still getting that little blast, you go, yeah, this must be the right one.
1: I, I think as humans, we're unqualified to separate the difference between good and bad dopamines. Hmm. Uh, And that may be someone coming from someone who has alcoholism in both sides of my family. Right. So maybe it's more (laughs) uniquely me, but like that addictive personality has driven a vast majority of my life, both positively and negatively. Right.
0: Yeah. I mean, my, my mom's three brothers all suffered from addiction really their entire lives but for some reason she was able to i don't even want to say she was able to break away from it because it was never a factor for her in talking to her about it she never even it was never attractive it was never appealing the behavior that her brothers exhibited was almost it was certainly foreign to how she would carry herself but it was almost repellent to her like she just couldn't imagine Mm -hmm. going through her life that way yeah uh but for them that was the blast right that was that was the that was the way to get the hit
1: Mm -hmm. yeah it's like my mom has a very similar story in Mm -hmm. that regard my dad my dad found religion before that happened Mm -hmm. he was close to an alcoholic before he found religion but my uncles had to go through AA. No, <laughs> hmm. my one uncle. But your just your got father it. did not. No, hmm. my one uncle just got his fifty
0: year sober chip. Wow, wow! <laughs> yeah. Is I mean that's got to be? Is it platinum? Is it is it? I mean, what is <laughs> unobtainium? Dime, like <laughs> diamond crust? <laughs> exactly. Fifty yeah. years, man. Yeah. Wow. But
1: like that's that. that It's funny, like that same thing that causes you to do that, go off the rails that hard also allows you, allows me to get stuck into a problem so deep right? that like, that's all I think about.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, and if, and if we're not able to, I mean, if we're not able to distinguish between for the purposes of this discussion the good dopamine and the bad dopamine i think we're relegated to we're we're relegated to looking at the outcome of each of those behaviors and if i if i follow the one you know the the quote unquote bad path i don't get a lot of work done i don't i don't end up making or creating or putting much out into the world i end up internalizing a lot i i I comment on, uh, on other people's work, which is good, but it's not good if it's at the cost of producing my own work, because that's really what I'm in this to do is, is, is make something is, is, is have a voice. So there has to be that, that balance. And if we, if we, well, not we, if I can look at the other side of it and go, but if I follow this sort of Good again in quotes path of getting this blast that I get from making, from seeing my hands in motion, from seeing finished canvases start to line the walls or line the floor of my studio. That's healthier for me, even if it's crap. The fact that there is new stuff being put into the world is a bigger blast than the distractions that keep me from it.
1: Mm, Yeah, and like we have to understand that producing new work is step A to producing good
0: work. Right. And it's harder, you know, and we, we've yeah. we've talked about that many times. That It's easy to get, you know, if you can get feel-good blast from doing very little or the, a similar feel-good blast from a lot of work and a lot of struggle and a lot of time, well, of course you're going to choose this one much of the time because it's, it's the shortest distance between two points, right? Mm-hmm but it's not sustainable. At least in my life, it's not sustainable. And I, I realize that, you know, I could either be surfing the web for 30 minutes or an hour, or I can go on a bike ride with Adrian, or I can go for a run, or I can go down in the studio and take the energy that's come from that bike ride or that run and transform that into creative energy. And that's, that's where I'm kind of trying this new experiment. And I'm hopeful, but I also have to be honest with myself and say, well, we've heard this from you before Sidorus. <laughs> so how is this different? You know, and it and it's it's a you know, my mom used to tell me you're not ready to hear it until you're ready to hear it. Well, yeah. Maybe I'm ready to hear it. Yeah. But I also think
1: the like I think a big step for me in this whole journey is recognizing that this change is not is not um a cure Mm -hmm. like um you take a medicine and you're better right but as a decision that has to be made on a day every day
0: yeah yeah every every day you're right that and that's yes every day you get to choose which which path am i going to follow today And my hope is that if I keep choosing, if I keep choosing a different path than the one I have been choosing, that that will become the new pattern. That the other path still exists and there are still spikes and there are still uh, detours and and shortcuts. That's fine. As long as I, I recognize them for what they are. And that's what gets a little dicey. That's what gets fuzzy is, is being able to recognize the choices, the behavior, the patterns, the outcomes and separate the two. At least for me. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I don't have anything else.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And
0: cue the music. Subscribe to In Between in your favorite podcast app, or get every episode of In Between, as well as my other shows, iterations, and process driven all in one feed by subscribing to Jeffrey Sidoris Everything. If you'd like to connect with John, you'll find him on Instagram at John Wilkening. That's J O N W I L K E N I N G. Or you can visit his website at johnwilkening.com. And if you'd like to connect with me, I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Jeffrey Sidoris, That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S or on my website at jeffreysedoris.com. If you've got questions or feedback or maybe an interesting story you'd like to share, email me at talkback at com. You can support the shows by telling a friend or sharing them on social media. Or if you'd like to support the work I do more directly, check out my new Patreon at patreon.com slash Jeffrey Sedoris. I'll be back in a week or so with another show, and I hope you'll join me. I'm also going to be doing a new live show next week on my YouTube channel, which should be interesting. You can check that out at youtube.com slash Jeffrey Sedoris. Until then, as always, thank you very much for listening. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you being here, and I'll talk to you on the next one. If yesterday and today are any indication, you know, even if all it does is it's a it's a creative sprint that allows me to get six new paintings done and then I'm back to social media land for a while. Okay, I'll take that as long as I can then realize or recognize rather when it's time to 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 leave and go in for another sprint, because maybe maybe that is the way I need to work. We all have to find what works for us. Maybe, maybe the marathons of always being creating, that might work for some people, but maybe that doesn't work for me. Maybe it doesn't work for you. Maybe we have to do creative sprints, not marathons.
1: Yeah. And it sort of, that reminds me of the idea of like, um, creative breathing in that we need a as creatives, you need a, breathe in inspiration and breathe out new work mm. and that we as creatives we get stuck on one or the other mm. and that there, in particularly right now most people just breathe in inspiration and don't kick out new work that's it, exactly where i'm at yeah But then there's also people who are just kicking out new work and it's just the same thing, a different day Mm -hmm. and they need new inspiration. Hmm. And that there's a, there's that constant push and pull from both sides. Right. But if you just have one,
2: you suffocate.